Welcome, folks, to the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Myers here at the Keys Weekly Media. Welcome, everyone, to a very... Uh, I think they're all special, but this one is going to be a dynamite show. I've got a huge name, a huge guest coming on today. And not to be overshadowed, I've got another guest with me here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast, our regular uh, contributor, Josh Mothner, uh, Keys Politico, realtor, dancer. He does lots of stuff here in the Keys. He's with me today to help uh, interview an incredible special guest we've got today, and we're going to talk about that. If you're listening in Radio Land, I want to thank you at WKWF FM 103. 3.3 a.m. 1600. You guys are listening at 7 a.m. Saturdays and Sundays. If you're over at WKEY 93.7 NRG, thank you as well. And of course, you can check us out at www.keysweekly.com. All our podcasts are there. If you're really bored one day and uh, you're someone's trying to make you do yard work, put those on. Don't do yard work. Listen to us. So, hey, Josh Mothner, welcome to the show. Uh, let's let people know what we have in store. You've got a record album you brought with you today for this interview that's about to come up for folks. Uh, tell us about the record album, tell us who he is, and let's tease some people about the gentleman who is about, a legend who is about to join us on this show. I can't wait, Britt. Thanks so much for having me on. Super looking forward to having this discussion here in a few minutes with the with the famous Derek Trucks from the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Uh, we will be talking to him because, of course, he will be here with the Tedeschi Trucks Band on November 14th at the Coffee Butler Amphitheater, and I am... Oh, I can't just tell you how super psyched I am about this. Yes, I have the album. I'm a big fan of Tedeschi Trucks. Anybody who's into any type of jam bands, blues music, not just blues, but, you know, gospel music, they have so many different eclectic variations on what they play. But the one thing that's definite is they rock it out and they jam hard. So you you will be pleasantly surprised if you haven't heard them. Um and you will be joyful if you have heard them because they're going to be right here. I can't wait. Um, you know, it'd be great if we had Susan on the show too. It sounds like today we're going to just have Derek, <laughs> just have Derek, just Derek trucks. trucks. Um, I take for granted that maybe some people, cause when you're considered and he is, it's not like, Hey, he's one of the greatest guitarists I've ever heard. He is one of the greatest guitarists. Uh, according to Ro- people like Rolling Stone, BB uh, King, some guy named BB King said, that's about as good as I've ever heard it. When he heard Derek trucks play guitar and Derek's been doing it since about the age of since he could walk about age nine he was a prodigy of course his family lineage with the Almond brothers his uh there's there was a book i mean everything that goes back and everyone he's played with from clapton and so on and so on i kind of take for granted sometimes that everyone knows who Derek trucks is but he's still kind of behind the scenes he's never like this lead singer that you get like springsteen or whoever it might be but he's he in, in the music world, he's in a category, a league of his own. He is truly a legend. Um, he's truly considered one of the, if not the greatest guitar. I mean, you, when you can make an argument for someone, you know, and all down the, the blues and the rock and roll and the legends, a guy to even be considered in that conversation and for Rolling Stone to put him a most or top 100 list of great, great guitarists when it comes out, he was on the last one. It's a big deal. And from what I do know of him, what I do expect of him, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, he's a very humble to have all those accolades. Of course, he plays with his wife, Susan. That's the, the name of the band now. But just a very humble, uh, you know, modest guy. Did they change the name of the band? It's 
him and his wife Susan. This is that's him and his wife Susan. That's the <laughs> name of it. November fourteenth, Tedeschi Trucks. It's will Tedeschi be here. Trucks. Yes. Um, so it's going to be a really cool time. November fourteenth at the Key West Amphitheater, and uh, Rams Head will be putting that on. They did such. They've changed music here so well. Can't thank them enough. And we get guys like this coming into town, men and women. And we're fortunate just to be able to interview him. So Derek's going to be calling in here. Josh, uh, you're a huge fan. I know we talk about Almond Brothers a lot. We're Warren Haynes fans. Uh, widespread Panic. I know you were a big, grateful. You're a little older than me. I want people to know that. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're a big uh, deadhead. You're, you, you know, and and you just love music. But Derek's on the top of your list. What are you most looking forward to as we talk to Derek Trucks here very shortly? Oh, I'm just looking forward to hearing him talk about some of his Florida experiences and things that went on because he's from Jacksonville. Um, the whole, you know, and they live in Macon, Georgia now and the, the whole connection to all what I grew up with, which some people call Southern rock, folk rock, singer-songwriters. He, you know, Susan Tedeschi has a lot of that background, bluesy stuff to mm-hmm. her, to her credits. Uh, he's a little more eclectic and let's be clear about something too he's a sly guitarist i mean he plays the you know with the bot with the course in bottle and everything like that that's what he does as well as anybody he was doing that before rage against the machine was ever around folks so in case well that's what Dwayne allman did too yeah, absolutely I mean, he was uh the album that i brought in is the the newest release they had which is the what they did at the lock-in festival in 2019 they played the entire their second set they played with trey anastasio and doyle brammel and they played the entire album of Layla and Assorted Love Songs. And it was incredible. We were live streaming it, Janine, my wife and I. And they played the first two songs off the album and everybody's like, oh, they're going to do this. And it was because it streams on the side, the comments. Okay. You could see the crowd and you could see the comments suddenly freak out because they realized they're playing the album in order. Oh, man. And and, and everybody lost their minds. And it was an amazing show. This album was released last... uh, Last year. So tell folks which album you're it's looking called, at. It's called Tedeschi Trucks Band featuring Trey Anastasio, Layla Revisited, live at Lockin. And it was given to me by my wife for my 60th birthday. Which is also really cool because, and, and tell folks this, I, as we get Derek on the phone, he's about to come on. Uh, I think his name came from, was originated yes. from that. It, well, he, he was he was named Derek for Derek and the Dominoes, who, who wrote this album, which is Eric Clapton and Dwayne Allman, uh, along with a little guy named Bobby Whitlock that nobody ever talks about. But <laughs> uh, but he, he is the nephew. Derek Trucks is the nephew of Butch Trucks, who mm-hmm. played with the Allman Brothers. So he's got the lineage is there. The, the family history is there. The skill is clearly there. And no, I've never heard him sing a word. Neither with the Derek Trucks band when he had that. He had his own singer named Mike Madison at that point. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, folks, if you want to see a show, come on November 14th. There may be some tickets still left. I would definitely check because it's going to be a hell of a show. It'll rock that place like I don't believe it's ever been rocked before. Key West, November 14th. Tedeschi Trucks band will be here with the entire band. And, and the names up and down that band, we'll ask Derek about that because their names come up, he and Susan's, all the time. We'll talk about the rest of that band who are also legendary. And that's not a word we just throw around loosely. Legendary. These folks are legendary. Uh, he's calling in now. We're going to we're gonna switch over and bring Derek in. Let's, see, let's hear what Derek Trucks has to say. And now joining us on the phone is the legendary Derek Trucks. Trucks. Derek, I can't thank you enough for uh, stopping and taking the time to join us here before you yeah, come man, down. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. And uh, you and your wife, uh, Susan, uh, another legend, will be joining us here uh, soon to perform live in Key West. I'm going to cut to the toughest question first, Derek. <clears throat> 
And uh, it's the toughest question you, you will get all week, but I need you to say the right thing. As another Braves fan, Atlanta Braves, can we pull this thing out in Houston? I think we're going to take one of them. I, I think we might take it uh, this game tonight. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. But uh, we, we actually went up to uh, – we, we have – we have a little farm outside of Macon, Georgia, and we went up for uh, the week and went to the three games in Atlanta. Lifelong Braves fans, so we had a blast up there. I, I was hoping we'd close it out in Atlanta, but no, no dice. I was too. I spent many nights in Turner Field, uh, you know, and then Fulton County Stadium as a kid, and uh, I would lo- love to have seen that up there. And of course, listen to you and your uncles and your family and your mentors, all part of what I grew up listening to. So I was very pumped to get you here. Um, cool, man. The other question I had sports-wise, Georgia-Florida just played. You're a big Knowles fan. We have a lot of Florida State fans here in Key West, but you're a Knowles fan. Do you pull for somebody when Georgia and Florida play in your backyard there in Jacksonville? Uh, whoever's ranked higher, I just want to see them go down. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I like it. All right. But, but my, our son is, uh, he's at Florida State now, so that, uh, only adds to our, our fandom. <laughs> well, you, great. You'll get even more supporters down here in case someone's living under a rock and doesn't know who you are. <laughs> but uh, as a Florida State guy, it's this big, big Knowles country down here. Speaking nice. of Key West, we're going to talk a lot about you today uh, and your wife, of course, and your band and all the great things you're doing. But ha- I have to ask, have you been to Key West before, I assume, or no? So some of the first gigs I ever played outside of Jacksonville when I was nine I think nine years old down at Sloppy Joe's with a band called uh, Ace Moreland and the West Side Story. It was oh. a blues band from up here. So we we played down there a handful of times when I was really, really young. Um, but we haven't, haven't been back and haven't played since. Me and Sue took one early vacation uh, before we had kids down to – we only made it down to Key Largo. We went and got certified and uh, – went diving down there but uh we, we've been wanting to make it back forever so i'm i'm quite excited man i i was not expecting that i thought maybe you'd been down here before so you're telling me you obviously you were a prodigy as a child i know how modest and humble you are and hearing that all the time but you were and you are but uh so you were down here as a, a child performing at sloppy joe's and you haven't been back since yeah it's a trip i mean that's it's uh i guess 30 something years now that's a that's uh, hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> do you but, do you have memories of that, Derek, when you were here? Oh yeah, I mean qu- quite a bit. I mean it. I mean it's such a fascinating place, and uh, I remember hitting the the Mel Fisher Museum. I remember doing some fishing down there, and uh, and some snorkeling. And I remember the uh, the backstage at Sloppy Joe's. Um, Ace Moreland was a he was a great blues singer from Oklahoma who was living in Jacksonville, and some of the band um, they had with him were. I mean Jacksonville was kind of in the late 80s, it was a remnant of uh, a lot of the Leonard Skinner scene, a lot of like old blues artists. So it was, it was a pretty great band, um, guys that had been in that, that scene. Um, but they were all grizzled, crazy, crazy bastards. I remember, uh, even at 9 or 10, I remember thinking, uh, wow, this is the Wild West down here. That's <laughs> was, awesome. I have a feeling it's not quite the same scene. Um, in 2021 as it was in 1990 or whenever that was but uh yeah i I had a great time and met a lot of great people and uh yeah it's something that i think about a lot me and sue have been wanting to 
get down there and spend some time. So we're excited for it. That's great. Now I know you're, I know you like to fish um, and we'll talk about the band as well, but, and, and I'd love to be on the fly, a fly on the wall. If you guys make it back over to sloppy Joe's and check that out. But um, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to sneak by there at some point. Got to, got to go check it out. I love it. Uh, are you guys going to try and do some other things? Do you have time for that with the tour and what you're doing to, to get out? I mean, we're kind of in the middle of a tour. I think we have, uh, we have half a day off. Uh, we roll in maybe the, the night before something like that. So We'll have a little time, so we'll definitely get out and about. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Now, uh, to talk about you, and again, I know how humble you are in this stuff. You're probably cringe when I say it, but let's be honest. Cover of Rolling Stone, uh, Grammy Awards, uh, your history, your influences, everything. everyone that plays a guitar wants to play with you. I mean, you were a child prodigy. Did you ever, did you ever stop, and I know how humble you are, do you ever just stop and say, man, I'm one of the greatest guitarists ever live. And do you, do you just, do you take it in stride? I mean, it's just amazing what you've accomplished. Yeah, I, I, I don't do that, but I do stop sometimes and think uh, how, how wild of a ride it's been um, already. I mean, we've been incredibly fortunate to play and meet and become friends with a lot of our heroes. And um, I mean, we've gotten to do some just incredible things along the way. And uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you do have to kind of take a, take a second, take a deep breath and realize um, all the stuff you kind of wanted to do when you were first kicking off, you're, you're doing it. You have to kind of appreciate that and have a little gratitude because, you know, we all get out and you're grinding, you're trying to make something happen and you kind of, all the steps we've taken have been kind of incremental. It hasn't been a an overnight thing. So, you know, every once in a while you stop and go, hey, we're playing Red Rocks tonight. This is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> like when we first started playing, this, this was... Uh, this was not really something we thought we'd be doing or when, you know, we do the Beacon Theater run in New York. We just did seven nights and that's, uh, I know when our band, even when this band started, that's not something we thought we'd be able to accomplish. So, uh, you know, we feel very lucky. And, and I tell you what, the, the last few years, like having 18 months of no touring, um, that puts things in perspective. <laughs> You've, uh, you become uh, really thankful once you get back on the road. So we are, we're happy to be back at it. I wanted to ask you about that because, again, most of the stories about you relate to your you and Sue and Susan as well. And, of course, everyone knows that's the Tedeschi Chucks band and how great she is. But there's some, some cool stories circulating about how you guys, if you're okay talking about it, you know, it is COVID and people were out of work, whether you're in a band or working at a bank or a store. These folks aren't working. There's a cool story about you guys taking care of those folks. Um, everyone's getting paid and still together. Can you talk about that a little bit, or is that something you, you try not to talk about? I know it's a, a great thing you did, but it's just a cool story that I heard. Is, is, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we were we were lucky we were able to, to pull it off. I mean, it was definitely, uh, we, it was getting down to the wire by the end. I mean, we were, uh, we, we, we were trying to keep, I mean, there's 20-something, 20 22 of us band and crew, and just trying to keep things rolling and keep it, afloat and I mean it's 18 months of no gigs and the music industry now it's all touring I mean you don't make any money off selling records or anything else so um you know it was a it was a long time of just uh just kind of bleeding it out but I mean we have a band that's been together 10 years and you know we're our, our whole MO from the beginning is this thing kind of rises and falls together so uh we not often do you get to put that to the test. <laughs> like it's easy to say that when things are on the up. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's good for everybody to kind of realize, uh, 
what's what. And uh, it, it was good for us, though, in a lot of ways. We, we had to streamline our life in a lot of ways, and uh, it, it makes you uh, figure out what's important to you. That's really cool. And, and Josh, who's with me, saw you guys not long ago here in Jacksonville. And I want to ask you about the band because everyone knows uh, you two and your names, Tedeschi Trucks. I mean, you two and what you've done and who you've played with, Warren Haynes and Eric Clapton. And we could go down this list all day. Um, so not that your band gets overshadowed, but you're the recognizable names. But for those in the Keys and throughout Florida who's coming to hear this show in Key West on November 14th, what can you tell us about your band if someone hasn't really dug into them that much and, and how it all comes together and, and what they can expect from the show? Yeah, I mean, it, it's an incredible group of people. It, it really is, uh, I mean, just dynamic musicians. Uh, Mike Madison, who's who was with my solo band, he was the lead singer with my group. He's He kind of... Uh, we have a, a, a section of singers. It's Mike Madison and Mark Rivers and Alicia Shakur. Um, Mike's an incredible songwriter. A lot of the, the songs that people know this band for, Midnight in Harlem, uh, Bound for Glory, those are tunes Mike wrote. And he has his own group, Scrapomatic. He's a, I mean, a lot of, almost everybody in this band has have their own solo careers, so they're, they're all artists in their own right. Um, Alicia Shakur actually just released her record maybe a week or so ago. Um, an amazing singer. She was singing. Um, she she lived in Brooklyn for a long time and um, with Soul Live and that whole scene. But she was in Warren Haynes' solo band as well. People in our scene might know her from that. Um, but she's done just countless things. Her dad was in Joe Cocker's band forever. So she just grew up in it and, and around the, the music. And Mark Rivers is just an incredible vocalist. Um, but everyone in the band, man, we were incredibly lucky. Gabe Dixon, who was playing keyboards and vocals, um, he's got a solo career. And uh, some of my favorite recent records are his. He, uh, he has, a, I think, about eight or nine records out. Um, but Gabe's an incredible vocalist and instrumentalist and a great songwriter as well. So we're, we're really lucky. I mean, a lot of great singers, instrumentalists, and, and songwriters, which is nice because we've been in the break we just wrote a pile of tunes and it was it was nice having different perspectives coming in so derek this is josh moffner and i, I again i'm going to try to not be a fanboy here at 60 years old <laughs> um one of the questions i had because i did see you at daly's place when you started back out with the scaled down version of the band yeah uh, and so how did you choose who was going to play that that group of, of gigs was it just because everybody else was doing things like just no, curious. you know, I, those were the the guys that we had been writing and recording with on the during the lockdown. Um, just kind of the core of the group, you know, bass drums um, and and the vocalists and uh, and kind of the songwriters in the band too. That that was that was kind of the thought. And we we had been in the studio down here in Jacksonville for as soon as we could, you know, in the, in the height of the lockdown. As soon as we could get people tested, we just started having people come down and just stay on our, on our property. And we, we spent weeks and weeks and weeks writing and recording and just trying to stay busy, um, for our sanity. And <laughs> just like we felt like we were doing something. So right. that was the group that we took on the road. Everyone had been playing together and, um, you know, it just felt more natural to do that. Sure. Well, and those of us that watch the band and people who know you guys, and there's a lot of you, uh, I think would have to say that Susan probably has, if not the premier voice in music today, close to it. 
So yeah, I hear you, man. Right, I know. It's just, yeah. and she killed it in Jacksonville. By the way, I, you could tell she had been cooped up for a while because she was singing. Um, <laughs> Her voice was rested. Oh my goodness, it was amazing. So, but the, the the question I have is, how when you do the arrangements, all the writing and everything you did? So you've got Gabe Dixon, as you said. Mike obviously was with you. He's an incredible, soulful voice. And how do you decide who sings? I mean, obviously, Susan's, you want to hear her, but you got so many voices in that band. You, you know, that we we change the set list every night, and uh, it, it's kind of a, it's a constant work in progress. You're trying to figure out ways to get everyone involved. Um, but obviously, you know, Sue is the, the focal point and the centerpiece, um, vocally, without a doubt. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a night-to-night thing. On, on the new, all the recordings we've been doing, there's a lot more Susan singing with other people and uh, almost characters in a, in a play or characters in an act because all the writing was done at one time. So there's almost a through line and a narrative, which is nice. So, you know, when Gabe's voice pops in, it makes good sense why he's there. And when Mike's singing, um, either with Susan or on his own, it's a, it's a nice, uh, you know, change of scene. Um, so, you know, we, we think about that stuff a lot, but a lot of times it comes down to the song. When a song is written, um, somebody will write it with somebody in mind or right. the story that's being told makes sense for Sue to sing it or for Mike to sing it. Cause they have, you know, they have incredible voices, but their personalities are strong too. So oh. you kind of know when a song is written, uh, whose song it is, <laughs> and, you know, Gabe and Mike both, they, they often write tunes, um, thinking about how Sue would sing it. So that's, uh, oh, that's so that cool. makes it easy. They, they come cool. in with a tune like, I, I can't wait to hear Sue sing this song <laughs> that I wrote. So that, that's always fun. Right. So we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, we can talk about the voices and we do, but we also have to talk about your playing. One of the things that I've always enjoyed about your band, and I don't know if this is something that came from somewhere else, but obviously you have two drummers. When you jam yourself or with whoever you have on stage with you at that particular time, the drummers drive harder than in other bands I've seen. It's almost as if you're like letting them ride. I can't explain it. Is it something you do on purpose? Because it just generates this amazing amount of energy. Well, I, I think from the years of playing with my uncle and JMO with the Almond Brothers, um, when, when things would get off the ground with that band, it just felt like you had a freight train just breathing down your neck. <laughs> right. You just had to, it just, you had to go like your foot had to be on the pedal. Um, and there's, there's just something about that feeling. And on the best nights, you, the, the dynamic flow, you can start from a whisper, you can build it up and there's, there's always that intensity behind you. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, I, I love, especially with, with two drummers, when you get to what feels like the, the peak, knowing that there's another gear still that you can kind of throw it into. Right. So that's, a, that's a good feeling. And on, on a good night, it's uh yeah, I mean, you can kind of peel the roof off of a place. It's a pretty amazing feeling. Yeah. Well, at the risk of the fanboy concept, I saw two nights at the beacon in 2019 and you ripped the roof off the place. <laughs> <laughs> that's, man, that's, that's the place to do it, man. Those beacon shows are quite something. We were just in there a few weeks ago, and when you walk through the backstage door, there's this uh, there's a plaque um, with the Almond Brothers, and it says 239 sold out shows that they played. So it's uh, it's hollowed ground <laughs> that those, that stage has been. Uh, been a lot of great music played on that thing. 
No doubt. That's amazing. And, and as Josh asked this, obviously you call her Sue. I have I don't know if I call her. She's a legend as well, <laughs> Susan. And your wife. And, and it's hard to talk to you, Derek, without bringing this up. I know everyone does, but, you know, you lost your own, You lost Butch. You lost Greg within about three months of each other. You've got Susan by your side. I don't want to lead you into this too much, but how important is it? I mean, how cool is it to be touring with the love of your life? You have kids together, you write together, you inspire each other, I know. Uh, how do you balance that lifestyle of being together, touring together, writing together? And, and how do you find times for yourself where you're not doing something within music? Because I know you're, you're people as well. So how, how do you balance all of that? You know, it, I mean, we've, we've been at it a long time. I mean, we're uh, In December, we'll be married 20 years, which is uh, kind of amazing. It's, it's gone by that quick. Um, but we, I mean, we waited 10 years before we put a band together. <laughs> we like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta know each other. And, um, we had kids and got married and still were like, I'm not sure if we're ready for a band, <laughs> but you know, you kind of, we, we got to a certain point, um, with our solo bands and career, we just realized that we really wanted to do this and we kind of always thought about it. Um, but you know, it, it was a work in the first few years. It was just trying to figure out, um, she was used to leading a band. I was used to leading a band. It was just kind of finding our roles and figuring out how it worked. Um, but the last five, six, seven years, it's been it's been really incredible how uh, just how easy it, it is. I mean, nothing's easy, you know. Everything's you have to work at things and make it happen. But everyone's heads in the right place, and everybody wants the same thing. And um, getting to play music with you know the woman you have kids with and it's uh it's a pretty amazing thing and like you said when the when the shit does hit the fan it's really nice it is a family on the road i mean it's an actual family so that that helps when we lost kofi um who had been with me for 17 years that was uh you know those were moments where you just think you're you're not sure if the right thing is to keep rolling with the same group it almost makes you want to re reset um but when you have the right people around you um you kind of know now this, the, the train must keep rolling, <laughs> you know, the, you got to keep doing it. And, uh, you know, I think growing up around the Allen brothers and still some of that too, I mean, they lost, they lost Dwayne and Barry right in the beginning of the yeah. group and, uh, were able to soldier on. So I, I think those things stick with you. And, uh, but yeah, it's been a bumpy few years. I mean, everyone goes through it and I, I guess these last few years, everybody goes through it more and more. Um, or has, um, but yeah, I mean, it, you, you have to strengthen what's here and, uh, and keep charging. Absolutely. And, and I know we're coming up on, you know, five minutes left here or so, and I won't be extremely respectful to your time. A couple of cliche questions for you because you, you are such a, a legend at this. And so a cliche one is all these guys, I mean, BB King literally said, when he heard you play, that's about as good as I've ever heard it. And that's BB King saying that. And, <laughs> and you've played with Clapton and toured and you've played with all these names. So I know you're a bucket list guy for a lot of these people. Is there anybody you haven't played with? Do you have like a bucket list person you'd like to perform or just sit down and play with? Man, I, I think BB was my bucket list guy, especially at, at that point. I Sue had toured with him a lot and uh, I had met him a few times, but never gotten on stage with him. So that those those handful of times that we got that I got to play with BB and Sue was there I think each time um, or hang with BB I mean those were uh, those were moments there are some moments in life where while they're happening you realize oh this is 
this is it. This is one of the peak moments of your life. <laughs> you gotta, you're in it right now. Um, there was a, were you nervous? Yeah, there was just a few, a few hangs with DB that were just incredible, just backstage or even on stage. I mean, he was, uh, that guy was a, he, he really was what you thought he was. He was that sweet and he was that pure and um, a total treasure. We were just, <clears throat> one of the first things we did coming out of the lockdown was they, they, uh, rededicated his his grave which is he's buried at, at the uh, plantation the cotton gin that he worked at as a kid they turned it into a bb king museum in indianola mississippi it's a really fascinating and incredible place um that me and sue went over there and played a played a show and were there for the dedication and that it was a pretty heavy moment getting to kind of see where he was laid to rest and um just kind of pay our respects again he was uh I mean, obviously he was a hero to all of us, but uh, he, he was a he became a friend towards the end. So that those are things that you uh, you certainly pinch yourself. So I, I have one other question about those moments because it's a YouTube video that I play constantly, and it's you and Susan and Warren playing at the White House, playing I'd rather <laughs> yeah. go, I'd rather go blind. <clears throat> I mean, I the the connotations of that entire situation are, don't even need to be said. But that must have been one of those moments. Well, that that was a that was a wild moment because we had uh, we had been to the White House a handful of times um, before that, but never played. Um, so Brock was familiar with Sue, but not as a singer. And so when she opened her mouth and sang, I remember the the look of surprise and shock on his face when she first belted out the the opening lines of that tune. Um, because if, if you get to know Sue before you hear her sing, it doesn't quite make sense nope. what's about to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I remember knowing that that was going to happen because I've seen it happen many times. And I remember just kind of waiting for it. And I was not disappointed because <laughs> the reaction was was pure and great. Um, the, the other thing I remember about that day was uh, just because uh, BB was there for that too, BB and Buddy. And um, it was quite a crew on that stage. Wow. Um, but I, I just remember just thinking, I mean, you have some of the most powerful people in the world in a room, but everyone knew this was B.B. King's day. Right. <laughs> like it was a, it just thinking about the trajectory of his life and when he was born and um, they, they wouldn't have let him, you know, to that place when he Anything. was born and, and he was running the ship. Right. <laughs> it was a pretty incredible day. So yeah, that, that was uh, that was quite something. That's awesome. And we're getting up on the time here. I, I have I wasn't going to ask you about this, Derek, because you probably get it a lot from like people and you're like, oh come on. But Josh brought up a YouTube video. I am curious about this. I'm a Pearl Gem fan as well. There's a video that surfaced around 16 after a Cubs game and some guy named Eddie Vedder and yourself just happened to be at a house party. You're playing the weight <laughs> by one of our favorite bands, yeah. the band, and some guy in the crowd uh, is just jamming out there named Eddie, Eddie Murray, uh, not Eddie Murray, Bill Murray. I'm thinking baseball, Bill <laughs> yeah. Murray. Bill Murray's jamming <laughs> out in the crowd. Uh, I'm always curious. I've got you here. Might as well ask you, how did, were you just hanging out with Eddie that day or did you show up at a house party and there's you two and you, the luckiest people at a party ever got to see that? How did, how did that come about? I, we were all there for those Cubs games. Um, I, I went to uh, those Wrigley games, the, the, the last pitcher to to throw against the Cubs uh, leading into that in the World Series was Virgil Trucks, my great uncle. That's awesome. So I, I was like, I got to get there for the first World Series game back at Wrigley, and uh, we 
we we run into Bill Murray uh, quite a few times on the road. He's an incredible guy and a character and a music fan. Um, so we had somehow run into him that night. He just kind of is the mayor of Chicago at that point. And uh, we you know, we ended up at this bar across the street from Wrigley, and Eddie Vedder is there, and I had. I was in no form to be playing music <laughs> at that point. It was a late, a late night and too many old style beers in, but somebody handed me an acoustic and it just, uh, one thing, one thing after another. And then, and then there's a video of it. <laughs> but well, it, was, it was quite a night, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just all, everybody there, um, was such lifelong Cubs fans that it was, uh, Everyone was in really high spirits. Well, it, <laughs> it, was, it was a good night. It's an awesome video, and it's a lot of fun. I know we're here at the end here. Uh, one last cliche question for you, because you are so talented. Your genre is the way you play. Your influences go across the board. Um, I just have a question. If I'm in Derek's car today, you you flip on whatever it is you're flipping on. Who who are you listening to today? What's what's inspiring you right now? Well, usually when I'm in the car, if our our daughter is 17, she's often uh, – <laughs> She makes us ride in her car, so Understood. it's usually she's on a Bob Dylan kick, which I love, and nice. and uh, and Billie Holiday. So that's what she's been listening to. And in in our car, when we get to choose what we listen to, it's uh, it's not totally different. Um, I mean, I bounce, I still bounce between all of our all of our blues heroes, and uh, but I, you know, when I need when I need to hear something else, I I listen to a lot of. Uh, Western classical music, <laughs> just like for the for the melodies and for just different ways to think about things. Um, but I mean, we listen to everything, man. We really do listen around. I don't listen to anything very modern. I've, I try occasionally to figure out what's happening now, and then I realize I I don't want to know, <laughs> <laughs> just, or it just doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I I do hear. I mean, there's obviously talented people at all times, and. Um, I just don't know if I if it if it hits the spot for me what's what's going on currently, um, but you're constantly looking, man. Every once in a while, you get surprised. Um, oh. My wife uh, Susan is a huge Wood Brothers fan, so we listen to them a lot. Our friend Oliver and and Chris and and Jono, they're an incredible band and writing incredible music. So, I mean, there's contemporaries we listen to as well, um, but it's pretty across the board, I'll say. Awesome. Well, hey, I made you a promise. I know how busy you are. And um, for you to just to take the time to reach out and let us talk to you, you talk about those moments on stage with B.B. King and those moments, you, you made a moment, your, your 20 minutes made a moment for two guys here. We're, we're forever Take thankful. Care, man. And so, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing that. Well, we're getting that. ready to jump back in the studio. We're, we're uh, on the tail end of finishing up the, all the work we were doing on the lockdown and um, pretty excited. So we're me and Sue are going in today, next few days, trying to finish up our stuff and then start mixing a record. So we'll we'll be back at it. Awesome. We'll be looking forward to it. Um, I know anyone listening knows where to find you, how to download you, all that stuff to plug. Uh, you're the legend. There's no need to plug you. You're Derek Trucks. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for doing this. And we can't wait to see you here in Key West, man. Looking forward to the show. Likewise, man. We'll see you guys soon. Thank Bye. you so much. All right. Be well. Bye. I want to thank Josh Mothner for joining us today. 
can't thank the legendary Derek Trucks for joining us. Folks, this is the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. It can be heard at WKWF FM 103.3 and AM 1600, 7 a.m. Saturday, 7 a.m. on Sundays. Also, Sunday mornings at FM WKEY 93.7 NRG right here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. And you can check us out anytime at www.keysweekly.com. Thank you again.